Thank you for listening to this sermon from Goodwill Church, located in New York's Hudson Valley. Goodwill Church is on a mission to be a hub of revival in the Northeast and beyond. For more information about our church, please visit goodwillchurch.org. Now, here's the sermon. Lord, thank you for Christmas Day. Thank you for what we can read about in your word in the Bible concerning today. And of course, there's so much there past just the account of the birth of Jesus. And all of it starts in the Gospels, especially with the birth of Jesus. And so we're going to look today at next steps, where this leads. Help us with this. We've come to celebrate, to be together, to have a great time. And that's really your idea. You're the one who came up with the idea of joy and, and love, for that matter. But we've come as well to see you, to behold you. It's a funny thing. On Christmas, we can lose sight of you, and we don't want that to be the case, and may it not be the case. Help us with that. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. amen. It's Christmas Day, so Christmas is over, okay? <laughs> the after Christmas linger. It's a time I, I usually enjoy. That has begun. That begins, really, when we drive home, because then there's the dinner, and there's the additional times with families following that. That's all Christmas, and then we go into the after Christmas linger. That's my terminology, and as I said before, in the official church way of doing things, the next couple of weekends are all called Christmas too, and most of us don't know that, and most churches don't even do that because we're done with it. We're done with Christmas. So really, this coming week is really about the new year, right? And, and we have this countdown that starts, and we start to hear these different reports and whatever media we use to learn about the world or learn about the news. There'll be a couple of reports about the last year, you know, all the things that happened in 2022. There'll be other, you know, reports about folks who passed away and their legacy, their lives, what they contributed, who they were, how we missed them, that kind of thing. And we'll be looking forward to the next year. Most of us will be doing you know, less work for the next week and more eating, right? Because there's a lot of stuff to eat. Like I have a, a, a over, I have a, a, a lot of cookies that I have to work on, you know? Because <laughs> boxes and boxes of them, you know? So that's the case for many of us. And after this week, we will be so serious We'll be just some of the most self-disciplined people anyone ever saw, right? But we don't actually do any of that work this week. We might make plans. We might set goals. We might cast vision. But then we're going to check to see what's on Netflix or on Amazon Prime or on one of those other many, many apps on our smart TVs. Or maybe we'll even give college football one more try because there has to be a reason why there's so much of it on TV, right? But actually now we can do one other thing, and that is we can look back and see if we got it. Did Advent take? That's why, you know, 
we're back today in our Advent series, even though Advent is over. We're looking at Christian Christmas songs, except today we're looking at that first song that we looked at, which is not necessarily a Christmas song. It could be. It's a song that starts with O, and you know I made a big deal about that. The O without the H and without the comma means you're singing to the thing. O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, all ye faithful. O holy night was last night's song. And so we're back to O how I love Jesus as our song. Because even though that's not an Advent song or a Christmas song, that's a song about what the result of Advent or Christmas ought to be. Amen? Oh, how I love Jesus. So Christmas may be called a season by many, but it is not seasonal. It's eternal. It's not just for a time. It's for all time. And if you don't love Jesus after Advent, well, you missed it. But as long as you're breathing and your heart is beating, it's not too late. Oh, how I love Jesus can be like a theme song to you, along with hundreds and thousands of other worship songs just like it. Speaking of songs, since it is Christmas Day, and we have been talking a lot about songs, and Christmas is basically over, I know that there are some of us who have had our fill of Christmas songs. Exactly. Somebody just said it over there. Right. I know there's some of us that have, and, and maybe even some of the Christmas hymns. However, I, I think it's for sure that there are some of us, maybe more than a few of us, who have for sure had our fill of some Christmas songs that are not hymns. Topping the list of those, according to the Wall Street Journal, would be all I want for Christmas is you. How many have heard that song before? Yes. So actually, the title of the Wall Street Journal article I'm referencing is, All They Want for Christmas is to Stop That Mariah Carey Song. <laughs> I actually think it's a good song. It's a super catchy pop tune, but I've only heard it about a thousand times. And apparently, there's people who've been exposed to it a lot more. The subtitle of the article in the Wall Street Journal is this, Retail workers are dashing through the store to the stockroom to hide from merry holiday tunes that just won't end. Joseph Bazzani is the brilliant writer of this fun and funny article from December 12th. You can, if you get a minute, read the whole thing. As I read through it, I was looking for the Christmas song that I have the most difficulty with. I wondered if it would be mentioned in the article, and it was. <laughs> so now it's confession time. And I do know that it's, it's a perfectly good song, this song I'm about to name. I know it's not the song's fault. It's my fault. I know this. I own it. The song is the 1984 hit, Last Christmas by Wham. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I have a mixed relationship with the song because it came out about a year or so before I prayed the prayer printed in the back of my light green Gideon New Testament with Psalms and Proverbs and received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. 
So the Wham! song is about someone who had their heart broken last Christmas and is now giving their heart to someone else this Christmas, and that's a little bit like what I was going through spiritually back in the mid-'80s. Last Christmas, I had embraced atheism with a splash of interest in all things spiritual and religious, and I made this choice after what I thought was a lot of, you know, deep thought. I was happy with my choice. I was proud of my choice. Well done. Just one Christmas later, without, by the way, any help from anyone in the church or any church, it would be another two or three years before I had a church to call my own, and that church was this church, Goodwill Church. But just one Christmas later, I was indeed in the process of giving my heart to someone else, to someone new, Jesus. And it was messy, but it was real. Now, it's a longer story, but the most important part of my story, and millions more like it, just like it, is the role the Bible played in it. It was in reading verses like the one we're going to look at today, the two that we're going to look at today, that I, an unchurched atheist, was drawn to Jesus. It was hard for me back then to understand a lot of the Bible. But in the Gospels, there were scenes where you weren't asked to understand at first as much as witness. There are some things in the Bible that you can experience. You can experience what it feels like before you understand everything about what it means. It always means so much, and feelings can be so fickle, but still, for a newbie like me, God was letting me feel some things in some places in His Word, and I was loving it. The scene of Jesus' baptism is one of those places. It still is for me, and I now know that this scene answers many questions about Advent and Christmas. Who is this whose birth we celebrate at the end of every calendar year? This, this is Christ the Lord, and He really is the Son of God. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately He went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to Him, and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on Him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. I now know that it's no small thing to be 19 years old and to be reading something like this, a well-known Bible verse like this for the first time ever. And I remember reading it, wanting to take in every part of it. I didn't understand why. But there was something irresistible about Jesus. Sure, like everyone else, I had heard His name. I had heard all those Christmas songs. I had seen things on TV. I had had people talk to me about Him and about church and about religion, but none of it sunk in until I looked at verses like this on my own, alone, with the Bible opened. I felt like I was with Him when I read verses like this. I was there seeing it all and feeling so many things because of it. Verse 16, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. I could see that. I didn't need to be taught what that meant. Something new was happening. I didn't know all the technical details about baptism yet, but there was something new happening. Something was starting. 
And that's part of what's exciting about Christmas, is every year we get a chance to look at the fact that we can start again, we can start anew. As long as there is breath in our lungs and our hearts are beating, we can start again, start anew. That's part of the Christmas message. It's part of the joy of Christmas. And behold, the heavens were open to him. I kind of got that that was a cool thing. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. So now when I look at it, I see the Trinity in the verse. Do you see it there? Look at it on the screen. Do you see the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Back then I didn't. I wasn't looking for that. Instead, I saw the action, like I said. I saw the splashing of the water, the display of joy, the outbreak of glory. I saw something I wanted. I saw something I wanted to believe in, and yet I didn't know why. Christian baptism is a type or sign of new birth that has happened or prayerfully pledged will happen by God's grace. It's a sign and a seal of grace signifying new birth or new birth to come. Christ's baptism, this baptism, came from a Jewish rite applied in a special way by John the Baptist, and it focused more on preparation and a new beginning via cleansing from sin in old ways. Yet Christ needed no preparation. He needed no cleansing from sin. He was baptized even though He alone was sinless in order to formally begin His Father's assigned ministry to and for each and every one of us who are believers. He was baptized to become, through His death, our through His death and resurrection, our only means of cleansing from sin and our only source of new and eternal life. He was born of Mary to be baptized by John, to be crucified for you and me, for our new life, for our eternal life in Him. This is every believer's claim and comfort. We celebrate the birth of Christ because of our new birth in Him. The rest of the holiday is literally window dressing. Not knowing all this at first, all I knew was that it was a new beginning, and that's what I wanted in life. And it was revealed by this scene and scenes like it. As Christ went up from the water, so my hopes for something real with God in my life opened up like the heavens here opened up for Him. I could feel it. I still can when I look at these words. I hope you can feel it too. I hope that that's part of whatever they describe where they talk about the, the spirit of Christmas. Are you in the spirit of the season? Let that be the Holy Spirit. Amen? The Holy Spirit that draws you to be interested, attracted to Jesus Christ. What is it about Him? I need to know more. I want Him in my life. Lately, I've been looking back at those first inklings of belief, realizing that I need to not forget that. I need to not become an expert in my faith. I need not to become familiar with it all and used to it all. How can I get used to this? This is miraculous. This is extraordinary. There's nothing to get used to here. There's nothing to be familiar with. This is God. The Son of God was born. This is why we go through all the fuss and make such a big deal because it's worth it. And then some. Amen? Amen. Amen. Christ is born. This, this is Christ the Lord. So Christmas 
in a way, is about his baptism. Christmas is the prelude to the earthly beginning of his mission. Christmas is not about things. No matter how enjoyable or beautiful those things may or may not be. Christmas is not about traditions, decorations, families, cookies, gifts, or even songs. Christmas is about a person. It is about one person. It is about the only one Son of God born of a virgin to die, to pay the price for our sins, to set us free from sin and death and hell, to restore us to peace and life and heaven. So whose birth do we rehearse our anticipation of during Advent? Whose birth do we celebrate and contemplate on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? Well, verse 17 allows the Father to answer that question for us. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And this fullness of love and acceptance or approval from God is ours in Christ, by faith in Christ. And this is why we have so many songs about the love of God and our love for God. And these are all the kinds of songs we want to sing on Christmas Day and every day when we know as Savior the one whose birth we celebrate at Christmas. Two billion of us, by the way, one quarter of the population of the earth today and last night have attended or are attending a worship service for Christmas. A quarter of the population of the earth singing such songs, songs about the love of God, songs that express love to God, because this is who our Savior and Lord Jesus is for us, the embodied love of God. So the song we're looking at, there's the picture of the songwriter. I love that picture. I'll never have that beard, but some of you are working on it. Yeah, go for it. So we talked about the song. Here's just a few details about it. Written by Frederick Whitfield, an Anglican church clergyman who wrote 30 books of religious verse, religious poems. The text of Ohio, I Love Jesus, is believed to come from Philippians 2, 5 through 11. And this is verses 10 through 11 of that section of verses, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The song's text originally included eight stanzas, and here's one that's powerfully related to Matthew 3, 16 through 17, not found in the present hymnals. It tells me of a father's smile that beams upon his child, it cheers me through this little while, through deserts, waste and wild. It bids my trembling soul rejoice and dries each rising tear. It tells me in a still, small voice to trust and not to fear. So listen to the words we're about to sing to and about Jesus and our love for Jesus on Christmas Day. Let them sing in, sink in. Uh, first stanza, first set of verses, there is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. 
Second stanza. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Last verse. It tells of one whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. Let me invite you to rise. Let's sing together. Oh, how I love Jesus. Thank you again for listening to today's sermon. For more resources and information about Goodwill Church, visit goodwillchurch.org. God bless.